You're listening to The Devoted Podcast, where our desire is to be women devoted to the Word of God. We're so glad you're here, and we pray you'll be challenged and encouraged as we look to God's Word together. Hey, welcome back to The Devoted Podcast. Glad you guys are here. We've had a couple weeks off from the podcast, and so I hope that you guys all had an amazing Christmas and that you're just ready to charge ahead with 2023. This is the first episode of the year. I kind of love these a little bit, and you're going to find today's probably just a little, eh, it's a little chatty. It's a little just kind of casual. I have my scriptures and notes and things like that, but I just kind of like just kind of kicking off this one and just talking a little bit about how we want to start a new year. And I love New Year stuff. And then I sort of have a, I don't know, like a love-hate relationship, I suppose, with it too. I love the new year in that you've got, you know, just a newness to it, you know, a, a fresh start. Everybody loves that. Does everybody love that? Or is that, I don't know. I think a lot of people love just a fresh start. Actually, as much as I adore the Christmas decorations and I love all of that and I love to put it all up with my family. Oh my goodness, when I get to take it all down and I get to vacuum all of the little tree needles up and all of that, I think I take a deeper breath just for a second. I just kind of love that whole just a little bit of a clean slate. I like to clean it. I like to just get it all situated again and just kind of ready for us to roll for a new season. So I kind of love that stuff. It's, it's so much work, isn't it? I mean, we try to put our Christmas tree up as early in the season as we can, really, because it's a lot of work. So I want to enjoy it. And I love all of that. So we have it up for a while. We do it like right after the first weekend after Thanksgiving. And so then when it comes down, I'm like, I'm ready. I'm ready. But that's kind of what we see with New Year stuff, right? We get this kind of newness, we get this fresh start. And this is, of course, when everybody wants to start all their new resolutions and new goals and all of those things. And we'll talk about that in a second. But there is just this new beginning that we kind of love about a new year. You know, I could almost feel the new pens and see the new journals. Probably people that are like me in this, you guys also really love school supplies because that's totally me. But I, so I kind of love this stuff. But the thing that I don't love about the first of the year, like I said, kind of love-hate thing here, is that there's always this really weird pressure that we put on ourselves, and I really do think we put it on ourselves. I don't really think this is an exterior, the world pressuring you for certain things. I kind of think we just do this to ourselves, and we tell ourselves to make resolutions and set goals that, honestly, the ones that we set are typically quite unattainable. And of course, we have to lose 10 pounds. And we just kind of give ourselves this reign when it comes to January of just this free reign of let's add as many things to the list because we have an entire year to accomplish it, right? So that's so much time. So surely we can get to all of this. So that's typically what we do this time of year. Now, not all of those things are bad things. In fact, I'm going to talk about a couple of these things because I think there are some really good things in here. But I kind of hope that if you're listening to this podcast on, I don't know, June 16th or September 10th, I truly hope it's no less appropriate of a time for you to think about how we start something, how we begin, how we plan and then execute what God has given us to do. Now, notice here that I said what God has given us to do. What has God placed in your hand to do? Because nobody gets to take a pass here, okay? This is not an episode where you get to listen as like, you know, all this stuff is for somebody else. No, everybody has something 
in their hands to do. We did that podcast a while back with Drew Fuller. If you didn't catch that one, I think it was called What's in Your Hand. But I loved that episode with her. We talked about like, what's the stick in everyone's hand? Because everybody's got a stick and it might just be a stick. It might not be anything that you think is very glamorous or that the world would look at and go, wow, that's truly amazing. Everybody's got something in their hand that the Lord can use because the Lord's good that way. Even our seemingly slow seasons or maybe our seasons where we're really bogged down by a lot of stress and a lot of things that are going on in our lives that we just don't love. I feel like even in those types of seasons, the stick might seem a little smaller, you know, maybe it's not like the staff that you're walking around with that's real grand or something, but there's still something in your hand that the Lord wants you to use. And like I said, I don't think we get a pass on that. And I think that we need to recognize the thing that's in our hand and how the Lord would have us use it. But I wanted us to make the distinction between the thing that I want to do and maybe the thing that God wants me to do that can and will often look different. Galatians 5, 24 and 25 says, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Pointing that we have these fleshly passions and desires, that's the stuff that we want to do. And some of it's not good stuff. Some of it's not good for us. Some of it's not good for those around us. But it's things that are apart from Christ. They're things that are of our flesh that are not part of the Spirit. And the Lord desires that the things that we do, that they are in accordance with keeping in step with the Spirit, walking with the Spirit, and not of the flesh. So all Scripture is God-breathed, and each and every word, I believe, is absolutely inspired. And that word there, when it says, Jesus have crucified the flesh, yes, it's drawing the picture to the fact that Christ actually, his body was crucified on the cross. It actually, he died, and it was a brutal, brutal death. But we can't lose that image that it was just for Jesus. They're saying that our flesh would be crucified with its passions and desires. That means kind of taking the thing that we want so badly, the thing that we desire to do, even if we think or even if we absolutely know that it's apart from what the Lord would have us do. It's not the stick that the Lord would have us use. But even recognizing that sometimes we just want to hang on to it. But this scripture here in Galatians, Paul's reminding us to crucify the flesh with his desires. That's a really brutal, man, take the thing that is of your flesh and of your sin that you want to do, but I feel like doing this, but I want this, but I want, man, kill that pronoun. Absolutely kill that I pronoun with its passions and its desires and instead exchange that for what the Spirit has, keeping in step with the Spirit. So what does God have for you to do this year? Again, separating it from the thing that we want versus what the Lord would have us do. We know that we can put a lot of plans and intention and time into the things that we sow. Remember in Galatians 6, it tells us, for the one who sows to his own flesh will from his flesh reap corruption, but one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. So same thing we were just talking about of how we want to make sure the things that we're sowing, the things that we're doing, the things that we're putting in front of going, man, what do I want to do this year? Lord, what do you want for me to do this year? Recognizing that the time and the planning and all of the things that we do towards that end are going to be one or the other. They're going to be sowing towards the flesh or they're going to be sowing towards the Spirit. 
but there's one or the other. And you notice it's not both. It's one or the other. So we want to make sure that the things that we choose to do as you're approaching this new year thinking, man, what is it? What's my big goal this year? Choosing prayerfully going before the Lord with what it is that he has for you right now. I always think it is so, so valuable to set aside a day. And I prefer towards the first of the year, but anytime before, like I'm saying, pick this up in June and do it then. But before you make a big plan, before you kind of set forward some goals and some aspirations, praying about the things that the Lord has for you, the key word is to pray about those things. And I don't mean just like kind of a little bullet prayer, Lord, show me what you want. Not that I think that those prayers aren't effective because I think the Lord hears all of our prayers. But I actually think there's some real merit in actually setting aside some time, a chunk of time. And you decide what that looks like for you. It could just be that, man, it's going to be a whole hour, you know, before I start the day and I have a busy date. And so I'm going to have to get up at five, actually. And I'm going to carve out one hour this week that I just pray and ask the Lord about what he has for me. But maybe it's even more than that. Maybe you can set aside time and go for an entire day somewhere. That is amazing when you get to do that. I've done that many, many times. I actually try to keep it on my schedule to do that. And do you notice I said schedule? Because yes, you kind of have to be very intentional about how you do this. But I try to do that even once a month where I set just a whole day aside for just spending time with the Lord and just being quiet and being in prayer and just meditating on his word in a more focused, intentional way even than I can do on a, on a daily basis. I think that's really, really valuable particularly when we're thinking about something that big direction, you know, a big resolution, a big goal kind of thing. Because while I I think that we can be a little bit paralyzed by even those words of saying, man, I don't know, I don't know, a goal, that sounds a little scary, a resolution. I don't love them because I think people just kind of set it out there and then don't ever follow through. And that's why I think it's great if you listen to this in June or September and still take this because there's nothing sacred about the first of the year. There's just not. It's just the journals that you use aren't brand new and your carpets may be all vacuumed because you just got all the pine needles up. But there's nothing sacred about January 1st. So we need to do this all the time. But whenever we're thinking about starting something, we need to first approach the Lord, asking the Lord of what it is that he has for us. Do you guys remember the saying, begin with the end in mind? I had to kind of look up where that originally came from. And maybe this isn't the original one, but that saying, begin with the end in mind, meaning think about where you want to go with something and start with knowing what that end result is, what that's supposed to look like. And I didn't realize this, but it's actually Franklin Covey. Do you guys remember like, I don't know, I think there's a book, but I know there's a planner system. I'll tell you a nerdy story about me right there. But this is apparently begin with the end in mind is Franklin Covey habit two. My nerdy story here is I for real guys, I think When did Franklin Covey planners come out? I don't know. But I, you guys know, I love my checklists and my planners and all that kind of stuff. And they used to have like, before we had digital planners and all of those things. And I know there's still paper planners and all that kind of stuff. But I had like the leather binder, whole Franklin Covey series, which I'm sorry, it's probably nerdy enough for you right now. But now I'm really going to throw myself out there and tell you that I actually went to the all day class. Oh, yes, I did. I went to the all-day class on how to do the whole Franklin Covey day planner system. 
I actually don't think it was called Day Planner. Wasn't that another brand? I don't know. This was so long ago. I don't even remember. But I still to this day do remember sitting in this class with my planner. I mean, it was so great, guys. It was all new and you had these blank pages and they had pages for what your goals are and pages for checklists and then pages for your daily and your weekly and your monthly. And oh, these are just all my jam right now. So I'm sure this is one of the things that they covered in the class that day. Begin with the end in mind. Where are you headed? So the official habit, it's habit number two of the Franklin Covey system. And it says, begin with the end in mind means to begin each day, task or project with a clear vision of your desired direction and destination, and then continue by flexing your proactive muscles to make things happen. Okay, kind of a lot of fancy little words that, I don't know, the verbiage in there is a little weird to me, but I get what he's saying and I kind of like it. This is where they would probably even encourage a personal mission statement. Okay, something where you have a maybe for you, it's a scripture that is a personal mission statement for you. It doesn't have to be a scripture. It could be something that is just more of an actual statement. I find that putting scripture, though, with whatever your personal mission statement is the crystallizing factor of a mission statement. So for me, my life verse that my dad actually picked this out for me. I wouldn't put this on all parents that this is something that the Lord is charging you with of choosing a scripture for your kids. But if he does, great. And my dad gave me this scripture back when I was in high school and it was Proverbs 4, 18. And it says, the path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn shining ever brighter until the full light of day. Now that's in 1984 NIV, which I so prefer if you're going with NIV, stick with the 84. But how does that verse even, how is that a personal mission statement? Now, people that are really good at this, and there are people that are really good at this, coming up with goals and mission statements and vision statements, they're going to hear this and they go, Amy, that's not what a personal mission statement is. I understand that that's not exactly the semantics of it. But here's how I, in my lazy way, probably because I'm not good at personal mission statements, how when I look at that scripture in Proverbs 4.18, why it gives me such clarity about what my mission is, the path of the righteous. We just start right there. We start with a path. What's it look like? What's the road look like? How do you follow the path? There's so many scriptures that then talk about what our path should look like, how we should walk, what we should do. A lot of scriptures on that. We just got through one word, the path of the righteous. What does the Lord tell us about being righteous, about taking his righteousness on us? Because of what Christ did, we can be righteous. So there's this path of the righteousness, and then it goes on to the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter to the full light of day. If you, this is a repeat, I'm just throwing this out there. I've talked about this before, but the path of the righteous, you know, the gleam of dawn is, it's so small when it starts out. In fact, you can't even really see very well your surroundings. Really, it's almost dark still. It's that first gleam of dawn. It's just a little spark. But then it shines brighter and brighter and brighter until the full light of day. And I love the image of Proverbs 4.18 because that full light of day to me shows life. It shows a lifetime of walking with the Lord and seeing his light, walking in his light and letting that light just expose everything else. And it just, it gets brighter and brighter and brighter as you go. It is so what I desire. I wanna be for myself so immersed in what God's light looks like that when darkness even tries to creep in, the light just consumes it. The light just swallows it. 
I think of that sometimes with, as I pray even for my kids, that they would just have a distaste for the things of the world. You know, the things that are of the darkness and not of the light will just be kind of repulsive to them. I'm just going to go ahead and use that word. Just totally gross them out. Pray that prayer, moms. Pray that your kids would just be completely grossed out by the things of the world, that they would just have a distaste for those things. They wouldn't want to have any part of that. That's where I want to be. So I always keep this verse right in front of me. I always keep this one on the tip of my brain on is what I'm choosing to do this year. Is it walking in light or am I allowing any darkness in? Because I want to stay on that path of the righteous. So any task that I take on, any goal, any resolution, is it along the path of the righteous? And if it's not, it's got to go. It's got to go. So a couple things about beginning with the end in mind, thinking about where you want to be. Okay. So I just gave you that picture of the full light of day. I want to see all the light. And I don't want to see any of the darkness. That's that picture for me, is that it would all be in the light. There's lots of practical things we could think about with this. You know, be careful when you're setting out a new idea or goal that you've prayed through. Don't begin on step seven. Okay, sometimes we can see where we want to end up, but we kind of don't want to do the mundane steps that start us out, the one, two, and three. We kind of want to get to the fun part whatever that looks like for it. And that's a mistake because you can't build something that way. You got to start at the very beginning. You got to be very foundational about the things that we do. But it's also huge, huge, huge. Don't procrastinate. This is the biggest thing, I think, when we are thinking about an end goal or of how we want to end up is that we think that it's a someday thing. Like it's a, when I'm older, I will do fill in the blank. When I'm married, this is what I'll do or this is what I'll, act like, you know, or when I have my own house, you know, this is what I'll do. And I'll have more time to spend with the Lord because I'll have a special place in my house that I can set aside and, you know, all those things. But all it is, is that's just procrastination. And that is just kicking the can down the road. You're not getting anywhere. Just as a little tangent on that, I would just say that if you're single and you desire to be married someday, then be the godly woman and the helper that the Lord in his perfect design has called you to be right now. You won't get to being married and just all of a sudden know what it looks like or just know how to fulfill those roles and know what the word says about those roles. I loved a gal at the church. She's a single gal and she was listening to and she actually listened to several times Judy Slaughter's study on to love thy husbands, to love your husbands. I think that's what it was called. And she's a single gal. Well, why was she so into that? Well, because she knew, and wisely so, (laughs) that you're not going to just be married someday. And then all of a sudden, when you say those vows and you walk back down that aisle, you're going to just know how to be the godly wife that you desired to be. So if you're single and the Lord's put on your heart the desire to be married someday, man, get in the word on what it looks like to be a godly wife. That's super important. Or I would say even if like you're dating and you kind of think about, you know, the kind of man that you want to be married to, but maybe the guy you're dating isn't quite there. And maybe you think like, well, I'm sure when we're married, then he'll go to church. Or I'm sure when we're married, then he'll he'll pray with me and he'll be interested in things of the Lord. I hate to tell you this, that's not going to happen. That's very, very unlikely that that is going to happen. Gals, you need to be smart. When you are dating and you are seeking the person that you are going to spend the rest of your life with, because that's what it is, gals. It is a 
absolute covenant between you and the Lord and the person you're going to marry, you need to not make these excuses for him of what he is or isn't right now. You need to evaluate the person that you are currently dating, maybe even engaged to, and say, is this what a godly man should look like? Because right now in the dating engagement stage, wherever you're at, this is the time to put a hard stop to that. No excuses. Because once you're married, then this is a completely different conversation. So one of those things to not kick down the road and make excuses for and say, oh, I'm sure when I'm married, it will be this way. Or maybe this is with kids. Sometimes we can think, oh, when I have kids, then I'll be a student of the word. So I know how to train up my kids and and I'll know these scriptures and I'll do that. But I, you know, I don't have kids yet. I'm not really teaching these things to the younger just yet. So I can just hang on. Nope. Don't procrastinate. Man, don't wait until that situation is perfect or when you're married or when you have kids to do fill in the blank, particularly if we're talking about being a student of the word, whether it's a student of the word on just what the word says so we can train our kids or how to be a godly wife or what our roles are within God's perfect design. Those are things that we should be students of the word on, gals, and we should know what the Bible says to us about that. So many excuses we can throw around, so many things we can procrastinate on. You know, again, I think of with the kid thing, sometimes we can just throw that whole discipline thing down the road. (laughs) Just thinking, oh, you know what? When they're a little older, I'll sort of do this discipline thing. But, you know, I'm sure he doesn't understand right now. So I probably don't have to worry about it. I'm just going to tell you right now, if that thought has even crossed your mind, mom, of I'm not sure if he understands, 90% chance he does. Okay? The kids know... (laughs) their sin nature and they know you recognize their sin nature far, far earlier than we think. So not a conversation on discipline today, but I'm just saying, if you've already thought about that and you're like, oh, okay, well, I'm not sure if my kid gets it, so I probably don't need to worry about discipline. Boy, talk to your husband about that one and pray about that. Seek the word about what we are supposed to do in disciplining our kids, because that one is so, so important and not something that you want to procrastinate on. So begin with the end in mind. I'm going to say, don't procrastinate. You know, don't begin on step seven. Have some scripture to keep in mind that you are using as sort of benchmarks along your path that you're walking on in this goal that you have. But here's the next one. When you're thinking about the thing that you should get started on, what does the Lord have in your hand to do right now? Do not make excuses. Do not make excuses. Ephesians 5, 15 and 17 through 17 says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Man, if y'all had a dollar for every time I've read this scripture on the podcast, you'd probably, you know, at least be able to put gas in your car at least one time, I suppose, depending on the size of your car. Love this verse. But this is where I do think that this whether you do this new year in January, whether you hear this in June and you're like, man, I want to be intentional about my time. And I want to begin with the end in mind. And it's so important because that word right there, it said, look carefully, like look at it. If you're kind of one of those that is just like, yeah, I just kind of like to, you know, just go with the flow and see how it goes, see if I have time. And I don't know, we'll just see how it goes and what we want to do next. I'm telling you, you're not going to get very far. 
with the goal, with the purpose, with whatever the Lord's laid on your heart to be doing right now, you are not going to get very far if you use the mentality of like, well, we'll just see how it goes. I'll see if I have time. Let's look at the calendar next week. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Be wise with your time. I feel like, and I probably have, but we could just talk about that sentence for the next 20 minutes. Be wise with your time. And man, don't see this as a finger pointing at you because anytime there's a finger pointing out, there's three more pointing back, right? But we all do things that are just wasting of our time. We need to evaluate our time. I've encouraged you guys this before, but man, write a list of all the things you're doing in a day. Make an exhaustive laundry list of what you did today. Just write it down and then go back and evaluate where you spent your time. Where was it worth it? What did you do? Because that's what it looks like to look carefully at where your time is. But then Ephesians is encouraging us to look carefully how you walk. So this is specifically then going even a step further to not just say, yes, your time, because he says that in verse 16, making the best use of your time, but looking carefully how you walk, meaning how are you walking with the Lord? How is that time being used intentionally? Or is that also something where you're just like, well, we'll just see how it goes. I didn't really have time to read the word today, but you know, maybe tomorrow. Look carefully, look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time. So, so, so important. And it says if we don't do this, it says we're foolish. It says we're foolish. Don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Love, love, love that verse. If you don't have it memorized, those two verses, they're not even that long. So important. And I think they're a challenge for us. Maybe we need that verse on our screensavers on our phones. That might be really good for me because then every time you want to pick up your phone, it's going to say, look carefully than how you walk, not as wise, but as unwise, making the best use of your time. So, and I don't even want to say, okay, don't look at this year and go, okay, well, I'm just going to make this year the year of no excuses, okay? Ephesians 5, 15 and 17, make the best use of the time. So no more excuses. I'm not going to do that this year. Man, I love that. But I'm going to say, don't even say that you're making that the goal for the year. I'm just saying like, let's do that for right now. Let's do that for today. Just look at what's in front of you just today and not make excuses for it right now. What do we've got? So beginning a big project or not so big project, but with whatever is in your hand, whatever your stick is and whatever it is that the Lord has placed on you to be doing and making changes, looking carefully at how you walk, how do you get practical with that? How do you take a thing or an idea that you have and then make it so it's not just all in your head, but it's actually something that you can kind of march down the path a little bit. And this is where it comes to just making a plan for something. Make plans. I love Luke 14, 28 through 33. It says, for which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him or with 20. And if not, while the other is yet a great way away, he sends off a delegation and asks the terms for peace. So two different examples there, one building a house, one a king getting ready to go for war. But both of them, it says, hey, first, you kind of got to sit down. And you need to think about, you need to, with the king, it says he, you need to deliberate. With the builder, it says you need to sit down and count the cost. What I hear in both of those things is a plan. Make a plan. I want to even go so far as to say, write that plan down. This is super practical, but for me, man, if it's not written down, it's probably not happening. 
I mean, a sticky note at minimum in my house. But if it's on the calendar, that's even better. Because if it's on the calendar, it's probably for sure happening. But it's got to be written down. Write it down. Now, I am not so great at doing the whole writing down the goals thing. And then they have you write the goal and then write down the steps to get there. My husband is amazing at this. And not necessarily even part of his job. He has done it career-wise too, but just personally, he will take time and do this. And he writes them down and he shares them with me and we talk about them. And it's really amazing because then he gets to, at the end of his year, look back at all that he accomplished because it was written down and he had a plan for it. I'll give you just a silly example. Well, it's not silly. It was amazing. But one of his goals last year was we have this group of friends that we like to get together with on a monthly basis. Just a great dinner. They're all believers. We just walk a lot a lot of life together, pray together, eat together. We have our kids are similar ages. But you know how it is. Life is super, super busy. So one of his goals was to make sure that we were very intentional and we made that gathering happen every month if we could throughout the year or as least as many months as we as we possibly could. So back in January, nah, I think it was February, February, he asked me to get my calendar out and just start throwing dates on the calendar. He's like, aim, just put a date, put it on there. Now, it kind of got to be sort of funny because I at the end of this, I ended up having all of these dinner dates on my calendar, but I kind of didn't tell the rest of the group about it. It was kind of funny. But here's the thing is that even though I often would forget to tell them about the dinner date, you know, until much closer to the actual time. It actually happened almost every single month this year. And it's just because we had a plan. We put some things on the calendar and then, you know, spread the word and it did work out for everyone, but it took a little planning. And I think as silly as that example is, make a plan, write it down, get it on your calendar. And decide how you're going to actually get to the end of your set period of time, whether that's a year or a month or a week, having accomplished the things that you wanted to do. Look carefully, right? Look carefully how we walk. Can't just see how it goes. Can't just, you know, whatever. See if I have time because you won't. So make a plan. Maybe the plans or the goals or things that you're thinking about right now need to involve some other people. Two. Proverbs 15.22, where it says, without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. And it's so helpful to reach out to others for counsel and get advice from others. Particularly, really important, gals, if you are married, talk to your husband about where you're at. And if you have some things of like, you know, I really want to do this with the kids this year. You know, when I was talking about scheduling those dates with our group of friends, I've done the same thing and we both have with just one-on-one time with each of our kids. My kids are a lot older. So I'll put stuff on the calendar of, you know, breakfast with Caden or, you know, lunch with Evan and just put it on the calendar because isn't it funny how when it's not there and you weren't very intentional at that time, it just doesn't happen. But talk to whether it's just more time that you're wanting to spend with your kids or maybe it is something else where it's just like a bigger project kind of thing. But get some counsel from other people, a godly counsel of people that can talk to you about maybe what the best plan is. But For sure, if you're married, that's so important for you guys to be able to just come together and really get on the same page. And also as a wife, being able to help him 
with whatever his goals might be for right now, because that's our job to be a helper. So how are we doing helping him to accomplish what the Lord's put on his heart too? that whatever his thing is needs to be part of your plan too, and carving out time so that you are able to really support him in what he's doing. I also love how Proverbs 16.3 says, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. And I love that it's the word established. It's not necessarily succeed in the way you think they're going to turn out. It might not be that, but established. They're going to be firm and set. There's going to be stability there, but commit it to the Lord. Invite the Lord into all of it, whether it's a really, really small mundane thing Maybe it's something health-related. Maybe it actually is that 10 pounds that we say we're going to lose at the beginning of every year. Commit that task to the Lord. Ask the Lord for his help. We sometimes erroneously think that the Lord only cares about the really big and lofty goals that we might have, and maybe not the small goal to, you know, stay off our phone for an entire weekend. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. I also love Psalm 24. It says, may he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. I love that verse. Now, don't take it out of context and go, oh, see, the Lord just wants me to have everything that I want. No, 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 no. Always we are praying and asking and reading his scripture in context of, in accordance with the will of the Lord, regardless of if the Lord has placed on your heart something specific that you want to work on or a goal that you have or ways that you want to spend your time. There's always one thing that we know as Christians is a worthy goal and pursuit, not just this day, not just this week or this year, but all the time. I was reading in 1 Kings and it's in 1 Kings 8 and you can back up the chapters prior to it as well, but it's the whole story of when Solomon had finished the temple And he goes through this process of bringing the elements of the temple in and dedicating the temple, praying for the people. And you sense when you're reading those chapters, just such a celebratory time in Israel. And you also see something where they are witnessing the end of something. David had long before then kind of began with the end in mind of wanting to build the temple. And he wanted to see a house for the Lord built. But that was not what the Lord had for him. Instead, he had it for his son to build that. And so as you read these chapters, you can't miss how just the celebration and the joy that is there at seeing this amazing temple to the Lord be completed. But I want to read just a few verses. It's in 1 Kings Chapter 8, I'm going to start in verse 54, and it says, Now as Solomon finished offering all this prayer and plea to the Lord, he arose from before the altar of the Lord where he had knelt with hands outstretched towards heaven. And he stood and blessed all the assembly of Israel with a loud voice, saying, Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that he promised. Not one word has failed all of his good promise, which he spoke by Moses his servant. The Lord our God be with us, and he was with our fathers. May he not leave us or forsake us, that he may incline our hearts to him, to walk in all his ways, and to keep his commandments, his statutes, and his rules, which he commanded our fathers. Let these words of mine, which I have pleaded before the Lord, be near to the Lord our God day and night, and may he maintain the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Israel, 
as each day requires, that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord is God and there is no other. And then he ends with this. He says, let your heart, therefore, be wholly true to the Lord our God, walking in his statutes and keeping his commandments as at this day. That's verse 61 is that last part. In the NASB, it says, wholly devoted to the Lord your God. But walk in his statutes and keep his commandments. If you don't have any particular goal or anything in mind that you're thinking like, this is something that I want to chisel away at, that I want to develop a plan, that I don't want to make excuses for, that I want to actually write this down and be able to evaluate at the end of the week, at the end of the month, at the end of the year, how did I do at this? And I love this verse 61 for that. Let your heart be wholly true to the Lord your God, walking in his statutes, keeping his commandments as at this day. So walk in his statutes. How do we walk in his statutes? I'm going to ask right there. This is where it starts. Your walk is where are you reading right now? Are you spending time in his word every single day? And I'm not meaning this from a weird, legalistic, read your Bible, check the box. No. Read your Bible because it is your life to read your Bible because you want to walk in his statutes. You can't know what his statutes are if you're not walking through them, if you're not plodding through them verse by verse, chapter by chapter. One of the many, many things that I love about Athey Creek is it is a verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book church. We work through scripture. We read every single word and not because we're like, hey, look at us. We've read the whole Bible or we've studied all of this. We've read it. It's not from that. It's because we want to walk in his statutes and we need to know what his statutes say. So where are you reading? I just want to challenge you that if you've never read through the Bible, don't set that as a, this is not a New Year's resolution to read through the Bible this year. It's really not. It's a daily habit. I firmly believe that as Christians, we should be always reading through scripture the whole thing. Now, that does that mean that you have to make sure you get through the entire Bible in a year? No. Man, last year, this year, actually, I think I am going to finish my Through the Bible pretty close to the end of the year. Last year, I think I started it, or it was actually two years ago because I finished in 18 months about this time. I think I started in June or something. You know, the dates don't matter, but I think it is so important for us to have a daily habit of reading God's Word all the way through. Read the whole counsel of scripture. Now, this could be some people are like, okay, well, I'll do that. But then when I start a Bible study, you know, then I'll not do that. That's why you work at your own pace. It could be that you only get to, you know, one chapter or six verses if you happen to be in Jeremiah, if you're currently doing a women's Bible study, or if you're studying another scripture, was that's okay. But don't not continue to read through the whole word. Just keep it going throughout your life. So that you're never at a place where you're like, I really don't know where to read. No, you always know where to read because you're always reading through the scripture. I love daily Bible reading plans. I love the chronological Bible plan. I usually use the YouVersion app on my phone or my iPad, you know, kind of check them off as I go. But that's just to use it as a checklist. I do actually like reading the different versions that you can use in that. I do not recommend their Bible reading plans with because I just, there's some people that have done devotionals and Bible reading plans within the YouVersion app that, mm, no, I'm going to do a hard pass on that. But when it comes to just reading through the Bible, love it. It's a super easy user interface. 
and it's really really helpful. If you don't have any kind of iPad or phone and you or you or uh, you don't like to digitally do anything, I guarantee you can go online and just type Bible reading plan and you can customize one that will you could print off a checklist. I've seen them and you could just do it by paper. But have a plan and be walking in his statutes. Little bits at a time. Maybe you have time to read more on one day than the other. That's okay. It's not a speed thing. It's just a habit thing. Always be walking in his statutes. The next part of that verse said to keep his commandments or flat out just obey. Gals, obey. This is the most simplest thing. You know, we teach this to our kids when they're super, super little. Children, obey your parents. I think, ladies, we need the same thing of gals. Obey your father, your heavenly father. Just obey. And this is where the walking, you know, reading the word where this gets really real. But you have to obey what it says. And I mean all of it. This is what we talk about all the time on the Devoted Podcast, because we want to be submitted to all of God's word, not just the verses that make us feel all happy and, you know, the world is so, so empowering. Nope. We want to fully obey Ephesians 5. Wives, submit to your own husbands. Yep. We want to obey that. We want to obey, love our enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. It says that. That's hard. Obey it. Forgive. Man, that story when Jesus is there with Peter and Peter says, how many times, Lord, should I forgive my brother? And thinking he's all super spiritual, he says, you know, seven times. Like, wow. I mean, check this out. And Jesus says, no, 70 times seven, meaning don't count. Just forgive. Forgive. That's a hard one many times to do that. Obey the word of the Lord. Romans 12, do not conform to this world. Do not conform to this world. We're going to talk a lot about this particular one, and we're going to talk about how culture has seeped into our Christian walk, into the big C church. We're going to talk about that a lot on some future episodes. But this is an obedience issue right here. Do not conform to this world. The world is a mess right now, isn't it? I don't have to highlight that for you. You see it everywhere. Don't conform to that. Don't try to be like it. In fact, you're doing something right if the world hates you, right? Because Jesus said that they hated me first. So we're in good company if the world hates us, but we are not to be like the world. And as Christians, we sure should look different. But all of this is in here. It's just there's so many things as you're walking through his statutes, as you're daily just reading the scripture, you're going to see things that will challenge you. And there'll be things that might be kind of hard to just obey. Sound insensitive, because I'm not saying it isn't hard, but suck it up, buttercup. Obey what the word says. We just have to obey. So perhaps those two things, maybe just that one verse in 1 Kings 8, 61, let your heart therefore be wholly true to the Lord your God, walking in his statutes and keeping his commandments. Keep that ahead of you today. Keep that ahead of you this week, this month, this year, as you're thinking about what your plans, your goals, what your pursuits are. Write them down. Make a plan. Do not have excuses. And choose. Make a careful decision to walk in his statutes and obey his commandments, no matter what. Gals, I'm really excited for this year on the podcast. Like I said, we've got a lot of episodes coming up on just cultural Christianity and a lot of things I'm really excited to talk about and dive into the word on. So we're glad you're here. If the podcast is helpful for you, share it, send it to a friend. 
And let's be women that are just fully devoted to God's word. Again, not just this year, but right now. Let's do it right now. Thank you for tuning in to The Devoted Podcast. We are a ministry of AV Creek Christian Fellowship in Westland, Oregon. For more resources, or if you need prayer or encouragement, send us an email at devotedpodcast at apcreek.com.